From the unknown TO podcast, I am one of three hosts here, like the Migos. Uh, I think be Matthew. Uh, got Corey and Mandela here. They can say what up. What up, bro? All right. So for today's first episode, going to be very rough and uh, patchy. We're still working through some te- technical difficulties and uh, a scheduling, but hopefully, you know. For the better part of it, you guys can stick around for, for the long haul. Um, we're going to talk a lot about some sports, uh, stuff going on all throughout the sports world, trades, anything like that. You name it, we got it. But mostly we're going to try and focus on the unknown PO, uh, you know, talent that we have throughout all of the, the major sports. So if you guys like, tune in, keep up to date with us. If not, you know, we appreciate the listen for a little bit. But uh, I guess we'll start things off with the boys in the blue. I think they are three and two entering tonight, or maybe three and three. Um, what are some ways that they need to change how they play, especially with the injuries that uh, has hit them early? With Matthews out for day to day, Jumbo Joe's on the LPIR. Same with Nick Robertson. Um, line shuffling. What what kind of outcome can we see for tonight? Um, I like to see the Leafs do a little bit, get more pucks on net. I mean, we've had a good defensive presence, which is different for us compared to years past, which is good. Shows they're maturing in that sense, learning how to play on both sides of the puck. But, um, we know we have a high octane offense, unfortunately, with Matthews out, takes a little bit of a hit. But uh, we still have the tools. We got Marner, Willie, Tavares. We got more than enough tools in the toolbox to uh, make it work. So a little bit more offensive zone time. I know we've had a lot of puck possession, but I find in the offensive zone sometimes the teams keep us to the perimeter. We need to find ways to get more into the middle of the ice and uh, generate more traffic and plays around the net. Uh, Last game against Edmonton was tough. couple rough bounces. I mean, you saw the uh, dry sidle goal right off the rebound. You saw the Muzzin own goal, Mm -hmm. which was very unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, stuff like that. Corey? Uh, what he said. Uh, no. I, I think, like, I love the defensive hockey they've been playing, but, yeah, they've been, I don't know, it's just a few uh, unlucky bounce, bounces, some some bad decisions being made. I think, you know, it's still early. There was no preseason. This team's still getting, you know, trying to find its, its common identity. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, of course, it's, you know, this year is supposed to be different than in years previous where they were just this all-out offensive powerhouse, go yeah. score 20 million goals, but leave their goalie up to dry. Yeah. This year they're trying to f- fix that, and I think they're sacrificing their offense for their defense. So they got to find that, like, happy medium, in a sense. Okay. Um, one thing I want to point out with the Leafs, like, they're a very high offense team, but I noticed – and I noticed this from previous years. We do a lot of passing in the offensive zone. Like, we can set up offensively in their zone. We can get the puck moving. But we have a tendency to not shoot the puck. 
when it comes down to it. Like we're, I feel like a lot of our players, even though they're, you know, in a sense, veterans on our team, they're still terrified or scared to shoot the puck when they get it. Uh, like, or do you think they're just more playmakers? Well, if that's the case, then you got five playmakers out there, including your defense, because that puck was moving. We had the puck in their zone for like two minutes and 30 seconds the other night, and we were able to get like a whole line change almost complete just for moving and cycling the puck. Not a shot, which isn't a good – it's not a bad thing, but I think that, like Mandela said, we need we need to start throwing – I think we need to throw some more pucks on net. Like we are out shooting everybody. Don't get it – like again, like we take the shots, but I think that – we got to be more aggressive when we set up in their zone, you know, just get it in there, get, get a couple of plays, get, try and find the open man and get it on net. Cause with all the rebounds and all these, uh, uh, you know, there's new goalies in, in their teams and stuff. There's no preseason, like you said. So there's no, you know, they, all they got is practice. So, you know, fire some shots on these guys, see what you can get and hopefully, you know, get some more offensive chances like that. Yeah, no, like you, like you just said, stop looking for that perfect shot. Yeah, I feel like they're just, they're continuously looking for the the Matthews one timer or the cross crease Marner or something. You know, get it to the point, get some bodies in front, and let them just rip it. You know. Fair enough. Fair enough. So then, what do we say tonight's tonight's game is going to be? I think with the injuries, you're going to see a more defensive style like we're used to I guess from a couple of games this season um, probably going to be missing a good chunk of our offensive IQ so I don't expect a lot of numbers on the board but I'm hoping that with whatever's left in the tank in our offensive side we can still maybe win 3-2, 3-1 hopefully I honestly expect um, I expect Simmons to move up in the lineup because I know currently they have him on the fourth line but uh, with the injuries and such, I uh, expect them to move up to the third, maybe get some second-line minutes. I'm not sure what lineup they're going to go with today, whether it's 11 and 7 or 12 and 6. I think they're going, so, I think they're going 12 and 6. I've seen a tweet. I'm just looking for it now. Um, I think Kristen Shilton, the, the reporter for TSN for the Leafs, said that they're going with 12 and 6 instead of 11 and 7. I could be wrong though. Hold on. Uh, let me see here. Because I think I think the way that our lines would work better is if we had it at twelve and six. Yeah. So Sheldon Keefe says the Leafs will go twelve and six tonight after two games of eleven and seven. He said they decided that before the Matthews injury came to light. So I'm not sure. I mean, if you were to take a guess with the lines, I'm sure that you know it's good, but. Well, I mean, what were you guys assuming for lineups tonight? Let's hear. Let's hear your projection. Uh, first line, uh, JT slides up in the number one slot, plays along uh, Marner, and I would say you could even think Willie would take that spot. Um, second line, you would have Kerfoot. Um, Mikheyev would move up in that case, and then. Hyman, or you could flip-flop Hyman and uh, Nylander. So Hyman plays on the on the left side with Marner and JT, and then you Kerfoot, Mikheyev, Willie, and then we would have VC 
and you'd probably see Spezza drop to the third line along with Simmons. And then, not sure who they would bring in from the taxi squad, um, but then probably have. Um, you guys want to help me fill that out? I think well, that's when you throw in like Engvall. Yeah, mm. so like the the lines from practice yesterday, uh, they had VC, Brooks, and Marner. They had uh, Brooks there just as a placeholder. Tavares, Nylander, Hyman, Kerfoot, Mikheyev, Simmons, and then Bar Bonov or what I, I I don't want to pronounce it right, but Barbanov. Barbanov? Well, yeah, Barbanov. There it is. I, it looks like Barbanov, but Barbanov, Engvall, and Spezza. That was what they had for their offensive pair. Uh, so, yeah. That would make sense to me. That, that would make sense to me if that was the lineup they used tonight and they just flip-flop some of those guys around. Well, I wouldn't see Brooks being the starter. I would probably see them all. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's, what yeah. I'm, that's what I'm referring yeah. to. Hmm. How do you Definitely guys feel about the North Division? I like it. How do you feel? It's unique. It's 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 a first. I love it. Do you like the whole like three game kind of style, like baseball in a sense? Like so, like I mean, given given the times we're in with COVID and everything, it's it's understandable. And it's kind of cool because it creates almost like a mini playoff series atmosphere, like a little three-game series. So, you know, builds up the animosity between the two teams, which – and uh, my my past his, my past experience leads to better hockey, better competition, better sports in general. Yeah. So, uh, with the North Division on topic here, um, I guess we'll just go down through the standings and we'll see where – Teams are kind of panning out over the first weeks. So let's see here. Leagues, NHL, standing. Okay, so for the Scotia North Division, uh, Montreal, Winnipeg, Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Ottawa. Um, does that sound like a normal kind of division? Like, does that sound good standings-wise, or... Would you Vancouver Vancouver has surprised me. I I expected them to get off to a better start, but I mean the whole uh issue surrounding JT Miller and being late to camp and uh being unsure if he was gonna play, I'm sure that played a huge role as he's a key part of their offense and that definitely threw them off. Um Montreal. Montreal has surprised me. Not really, I should actually because they went deep in. They went deep into the playoffs last year, or further into the playoffs than expected. I should say, not deep into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Carey Price is still the best goalie in the world in the league, bar none. So the offense they put in front of him, you got the young guys growing. You got key key pieces like Nick Suzuki, who are um, along with Brendan Gallagher molding well into that offense. And then on the back end, you got Shea Weber, who is just an anchor back there. I mean, we know what he's capable of. So I wouldn't I wasn't expecting them to be first place in the in the standings, but I mean it's only through five, six games played. Yeah. Vancouver is the most at six games, so it's bound to change, but they're headed in the right direction and off to a good start, that's for sure. Um yeah, Montreal though, I'm just looking like the games they've lost have all been in overtime. Right? They've only yeah. lost two games and they've both been in overtime, so it's only been one goal difference. 
And then their wins seem to be pretty sizable wins. Um, and then I'm just looking at Vancouver. Like Vancouver either wins a tight game. Well, I guess their first win was against Edmonton, which was like 5-3 to the finish. But their second win was only 6-5 against Montreal. Right, and that was an overtime game. And then every other game has been like a demolishing 5-2 Edmonton, 3-0, 5-2 Calgary, 7-3 Montreal. Like those are some heavy losses. I was just looking at Montreal's roster, um, like looking at their points leaders and stuff, and I think I think it's safe to say that Tyler Toffoli kind of leaving Vancouver and going to Montreal has definitely brought back the Tyler Toffoli that we've seen on L.A. Uh, he's leading their team with five goals. Uh, Jeff Petrie has five assists. Uh, Joel Edmondson has a uh, plus eight. Uh, you know, Jake Allen has got a 9.07 save percentage with two wins. Uh, this that you now Montreal is starting to look like the team that it used to be back in the early 2010s with like their core pieces, like with the Stuban, you know, the Placanic and everybody else just kind of gelling. Uh, and I think they have Claude Julien, so he's he's a Stanley Cup winning coach. He can definitely bring these guys into a deep playoff run. You know, hopefully they don't get any bad injuries or the injury bug doesn't hit them. But uh, yeah, Scotia North Division's looking really good. Um, the next division, I guess we should talk about, is the Mass Mutual East Division. Uh, so, eight teams in there. You got Philadelphia, New York Islanders, the Washington Capitals, New Jersey round up the top four. And then the bottom four, you have Boston, Pittsburgh, uh, New York Rangers, and Buffalo. So, what's your highlights think- from that? What's your lowlights? Where are some teams exactly where they should be so far? Uh I think Buffalo what, makes sense. Take- <laughs> I, <laughs> I think uh, we'll see a lot of movement in that division. I mean, that division, there's a lot of strong teams there. Yeah. I mean, you look at Philadelphia, they're they're growing. They're, they're young stars. Konechny, Carter Hart, uh, Farabee, they're coming into their own in the league. You got the Islanders who went all the way to the conference final last year, and they gave uh, – they gave Tampa a run for their money and made it tough for them. And then uh, you got New Jersey, who's a surprise. New Jersey, I don't feel they'll be there for long. I think they'll slowly slide to the bottom, but they're off to a good start. I mean, Jack Hughes is having a season for himself to to, to start it off. And they got Blackwood and Nett, who uh, Blackwood is actually, I think, one of the most underrated goaltenders in the league. Yeah. He's only uh, 24 years old. He's got a career over 900 save percentage, and uh, he's got it under a two goals against average. So uh, if you ask me, playing for a team like New Jersey and he's only got 72 career games under his belt with last season being his first season, I mean, I know it was uh, a weird season the way it ended, but uh, New Jersey didn't do too hot. So for him to put up those numbers, I think that says something about him and there's a lot of potential there. Also, uh, you have Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, to me, I'm, I'm wondering, have they... Has has the era come to an end? I mean, they still yeah. got Sid. No, nope, it's come to an end. It's, I was going to talk on that in a little bit, but yeah, their 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 time is done. I think they just they just I don't have the pieces around. Good, them. And I still they're, think they keep, like, they're, 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 
they're good, but they're yeah. not. They're not like you know. They're like first round playoff good. Yeah, okay, like yeah. Pittsburgh like before. They, 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 they can make the playoffs. Their goal is lackluster. I mean, Yaros yeah. uh, came in, I believe. I think so. Hold on, let me see. Where is it, Jari? I think I think it's Jari. Jari it's came Tristan in. Jari. They went over, but they went with Tristan Jari over Matt Murray, which I don't know yes. where in the right mind Jim Rutherford is going. But your 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 Pittsburgh lineup is looking like this. You got something Bluger. Cody CC, thank God they took him off of our Oh, head. Cody CC. Sidney <laughs> Crosby, Brandon Jake Gensel, <laughs> Mark Jankowski, Kasperi Kapanen, always a leaf. Uh, you know, Sam Lafferty, uh, Chris Letang, Air, uh, Evgeny Malkin, John Morino, Matthew or Mike Matheson, uh, Jared McCann. Pedersen. So basically, so basically, what I'm hearing is they got a bunch of guys. They got, they got, they a, got bunch a bunch of guys. They got, they got, they got a bunch of players. guys. They don't got, they don't have any actual. They got a few notable names in there. Obviously, the ones that we know, but like they, the the key role players who you would think of around the league to uh, help bolster your offense to um, to, to be um, contender. What's the word? To be yeah, to help your team be a contender. Uh, they just don't have those guys in the lineup anymore. I mean, in the past, they had the Pascal Dupuis. Yeah. They had I'll, I'll the even thrill. say it, like guys, guys like guys like Matt Cook, Phil the Thrill. Yeah. Um, you had uh, Chris Kunitz. Yeah. Sidney Crosby single handedly got Chris Kunitz on. Uh, he single handedly got him a gold medal. Yeah. yeah, he's the only reason that Chris Kunitz was on that Team Canada team. I think. I think it's so. Also- I mean. It, it's tough, and Sid and Malkin are over 30. They're on the north side of 30. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think what's going on is the young man's playing Pittsburgh. Nobody, there's no market for for lucrative free agents to want to go. There's no hype, you know. When you know it for like for a veteran player to want to go somewhere that's contending, just because you got one of the better players in the world, doesn't mean you're gonna make it all the way. That's why for people like Wayne Simmons, Jumbo Joe, you know, people like that, they came to the Leafs, so they they could they could have went to any other organization in that sense. Now here's the question: Do you see Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin leaving the Penguins organization within the next few years? No, I say Malkin. If I were to pick one, I would. Yeah, I would pick. I could see Melkin leaving more but than I don't Crosby. Think, I, I, I don't think he goes to another NHL team. I think he just retires from the NHL and finishes out in the KHL. Like Datsuk. Like Datsuk, yeah. Like I'm also thinking that's oh, the same thing that's yeah. going to happen with Ovechkin. Like I don't think Ovechkin's going to sign uh, a renewal with his contract with the Caps based on how everything has been going the last couple of years, not even including the cup. But Russian Russian legends have a tendency to do that, eh? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they know what they, they pretty much have fulfilled their mission and their time to go back to Motherland and just play out there with their family. Like, it's a lot harder to get family members into the country to watch them play, you know? So... I can see that. Um, I think... I think that he's gonna, he's gonna, especially with him and all the other four capital Russian players, um, getting caught for being in their hotel room. So now they got they got a quarantine and stuff, and the way that they handled it, his wife was coming out saying all this stuff. I think that he leaves. I think he leaves 
whenever he gets the chance, maybe he tries a different team in the NHL. Uh, maybe he That'd goes to the weird. KHL, but I think no. It would be just as weird as seeing Datsu gone, but eventually we'll get. Well, used not to so it. much like him leaving, I, but I, like I him mean, playing I for another team would be weird. I believe yeah, Ovechkin yeah. came up with a statement saying he'll never wear another jersey in the NHL. Paul George also said he's never leaving Indiana, and look at his mouth. Yeah, but that's the, that's the NBA. The NBA is a whole different animal. You got true. James Harden partying with little baby during a pandemic while his team is at training camp. You got Kyrie Irving on Zoom calls while his team is playing an NBA basketball game, which he is paid <laughs> and contractually obligated to attend. Oh, man. Like he's, it's, it, that's a different, that's a different beast. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, loyalty left the NBA a long time ago. Yeah, I think loyalty left the NHL with Datsuk too. Uh, I I disagree. I mean, you you still sorry, see... maybe not Datsuk, but Kolchak. <laughs> you still see guys stay stay on their resign with their teams. I mean, there's definitely more movement than in the past. Yeah, like you don't have guys staying with their teams for an entire career like you saw in the past, but. For the most part, like, the, the superstars of the team, like, the Staples, like, the Crosby's, Ovechkin, Stamkos's, like, teams don't want to give those guys up. The guys you see moving around are, like, what we would call uh, suitcase in hockey terms. Like, they always have their suitcase packed. They, they're, they're more role guys, right? They, they, don't, they don't really have a fixed spot on a team, and – they usually have a decent contract and they bring something to the table that a contending NHL team would want. And that's honestly why they have a long lasting NHL career because they, mm-hmm. they find a way to stick around. Yeah. All right. Wayne Simmons is a perfect example, actually. I mean, he's, he's done great things. Now he's, when he was on the free agent market, he was a, he was a hot commodity, right? There was numerous teams that were after him. He had his pick of the pick of the litter. Yeah. Uh, okay. The next uh, next division before we get to the last one here, the Discover Central Division: uh, Tampa, Florida, Carolina, Nashville, uh, and then we got Detroit, who's not in last place so far. Columbus, Chicago, and Dallas. Dallas is only in last because they haven't played. They a play today, game. don't they? So they may play today, if anything. Yeah. No, yes, yes, they do. They play today at 8.30 against the Nashville Predators. Um, so Chicago is in trouble. Yeah, but Chicago knows Chicago, they're in trouble. Like, they outright admitted to their fans, like, hey, we're rebuilding. Yeah, they did say that. They said, hey, guys, just bear with us because this is going to be a tough time. What do you What do, you do with uh, someone like Patrick Kane, who's still, uh, still in his prime, quite frankly? You give him a chance to win another cup if you're a good organization. You let him go. You get a lot of assets. You tell him, hey, this isn't anything but a business decision for not only us, but for you. You've done a lot for the organization. We think that you can still be a value to another team. And we think that us trading you for to a contending team for assets and picks for the future will not only help you, but help us. Bang. That's it. You go along your ways. You give him a crazy tribute video. You, you know, You do what you need to do. Retire his number, or build a statue, whatever the the way you want to go about it. But you do it like that, and you could do that with Taves too. Um, like however, however you want. Okay, but, but the only problem with Kane yeah. is that's a ten point five million contract. dollar contract. 
<laughs> I was just about hey, to. I was just about to bring that. Do you it's think here, Chicago has to retain? <laughs> Do you think Chicago has to retain yeah. if they were to? I, I think with especially with the way like the cap didn't go up and all all these other external pressures on the league, like nobody's really gonna be like, oh yeah, we'll take ten point five million dollars. Ten point five million, okay. But you can also like, okay, think of it like when you trade a captain for captain, like when that Ryan Callahan trade went through for Martin St. Louis, like their contracts are obviously not ten point five million. But when I'm getting a player like that, I'm kind of like, okay, um, it, 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 in my opinion, if I'm giving up, if I'm giving up Patrick Kane, I obviously know what I want to get from a team, and if the team's willing to do it, then I'm gonna go ahead and go for it, but I, I, I feel like it's not a bad call to go for Patrick Kane while he's still yeah, in no. The contract is the only uh, thing... Absolutely, I, I agree I agree with that point. If you're Chicago, not, not you're Chicago and you go, I want to trade him, right? and you're willing to retain salary to, to get rid of him, right? Because um, you're just going to have to, that's the facts. What do yeah, you, know, what it, do yeah. you want in return? Like, What are you going to look for? Of course you're going to look for picks, of course you're going to look for prospects, but like who who are you gonna like kind of sign to replace in some way right like because I just feel like I don't know who like what team is gonna be willing to give up something that'll be well I think you gotta go for the young guys the ones that you can get some longevity out of you know what would be interesting hot take Goudreau for Kane and throw some do whatever you have to do but those are the two main pieces of the deal because Goudreau makes decent money. If Chicago retains salary, they could somewhat figure that out, and then you just throw in the fillers and the draft picks, and I think that's a potential suit of trade because there has been uh, rumblings out of Calgary that they're not happy with Goudreau's performance when it comes to the postseason mm-hmm. and the fact that he can't take them over that. So, hump. And, I mean, you got, you got Kane, who, who's established, playoff pedigree, uh, Stanley Cup Finals game winning goal, mm-hmm. such and such. Nice. I think it'd be a, I think it'd be a good fit if they could make it work. I got cap friendly up right now, and I'm just looking. Goudreau is uh, six point seven five mil, right, for this year and next year. Yeah, right. Then he becomes a UFA, and Calgary has uh, all their draft picks. It seems except for this year's round four, but they have an extra round three from Edmonton. So. Like they got a ton of draft picks that are still theirs that they could deal, right? There you go. So, and you, you know, you know, management. How many first rounders would you would you give at least one first rounder for Kane, or is that two, or is it? I think two. I, I think you'd have to. Well, you you got to remember, Goudreau's going the other way. Goudreau's not. That's true like, too. He's a top. He's a top tier player, right? He's he's a top top thirty player in the NHL, maybe even top twenty five, arguably. Right, yeah. so you say maybe throw in one first round pick, and then you probably have Chicago throwing in maybe a third, and then a couple prospects in there going each way, whatever whatever needs they have. Or why not just do conditionals then? Conditional picks that way they can just make up their mind depending on how the season goes. Very I don't true. know. That's, that's definitely true. an option. Yeah. Um. But yeah, going back to the standings, as we regain from off topic there, uh, Tampa makes sense there in first. Carolina, I think, makes sense in second. Nashville kind of surprises me in third. 
Detroit, surprise. Detroit. Uh, yeah, but I think who have they played? They've played Carol. They've played what? Carolina and Columbus. Carolina twice, and Columbus, and Columbus twice. is whatever's going on in Columbus. So, yo, there is there is a lot of tension between Torts and that locker room. Like Pierre Luc Dubois only played three minutes and fifty five seconds yesterday, and they're lost. I just think I just think he wants out. I think he wants. Why do you only play four minutes? Not even four minutes. And that's and that's supposed to be that's supposed to be your number one center. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I just think that they're. I think that he's done with the organization. I don't think it's anything to do with Torts. Uh, I I think whatever if there is anything to do with like, well, why you know, is it that Columbus? why is it that everybody wants to leave Columbus? It's Columbus. You had, I mean, you, you yeah, had, like, you had no, but, like, players are vocal about it. You had Duchesne who wanted to leave. You had, um, who's Florida's goalie? Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky wanted to leave. Um, you had Panarin. Panarin even wanted to, like, there's, there's got to be something more that we're not seeing from the outside mm-hmm. that we don't know about. Because it's a trend. No, you're right. It's, it's a trend. You're right. But I don't know if it's just on the coach. I think we are. We gotta. Maybe, look at maybe it's an organizational thing. thing. That could be it too. Yeah. It could also lend itself to like, the city. Um. Although I don't know much about Columbus, <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Ohio, right? So think, think of it as Cleveland. Nobody wants to play in Cleveland. Nobody wants to play in Columbus. It's a bad market, in a sense. Like you gotta be the if you're gonna be there, you gotta be the star player. That way, you generate. Like when LeBron was there in his rookie year, Cleveland's state revenue was pretty much LeBron's revenue. Like whatever they could sell LeBron as, or, they, or they like a Rick Nash in hockey terms. Exactly. Yeah. Like when yeah. Rick Nash came to Columbus, that man sold seats. He sold seats of seats. Yeah, it's you know? a small like, market effect. He was you selling could probably, out games. You can probably still see Nash jerseys in that arena to this day. And you will see them forever because that guy is a legend. Yeah. I guess it's just a small market effect, right? It is. That's all it is. That like Nobody wanted to play for Toronto for a really long time. And it's not because we're a small market. I think we have enough cap and money in our bank to, to get some players. It's just... We are that one city, that one team, that one, you know, the one team in the league that nobody wants to play for. And I think right now Columbus is that team. Columbus is starting to become that, oh, well, they got a lot of things going on. Yeah, just don't touch it. Or, you know, uh, don't touch it. Yeah. You know, players talk Mm -hmm. a lot. And the minute the word spreads, you know, starting with. You hear a couple of stories, a couple of things here and there, and you just go, oh, maybe uh, maybe I don't want to go there. Agents talk, you know. It's 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 all it's all one big tight mm-hmm. fam. I can see that. I can see that. So, um, all right, moving on to the Honda West division. Yeah, the last one. The last. Um, one the last the one. I want to start off. The team that stands out to me the most is probably Minnesota, being in second. Well, yeah, because they've got that that stud. Let's see what it, what's his name. I, Talking about on the other day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There it is. Left wing, Creel, Creel Caprizov. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's his name. Is he right? Four games played. Nine. He's left wing. Ninety-seven. He's five nine, twenty-three. 
Uh, he got drafted in 2015. He was a fifth round draft pick at 135. He's been uh, in. The, he's been. He's been good. One goal, four assists, plus three, uh, two pims, seven shots on goal. Um, so he got his first goal uh, against LA. He had a three point night that night, and then he's kind of just been quietly being that X factor Damn. for them. And I think I think it's working out. I still don't like the fact that. Uh, they signed Suter and where is he? Where's where, Zach Parise for that that insane contract? I'll never <laughs> forgive them for that. But yeah, yeah, I believe those guys are signed until they're over forty. God, like yeah, and they're making they're making ortho. Oh yeah, Parise signed till he's yeah. he's thirty nine, thirty nine forty. Yeah, straddling that line. <laughs> Yeah, that was in the that was in the era where NHL GMs were just handing over, hand, losing their shirts for players. Like that's yeah. that's that's back yeah. to that Kane that Kane and Taves contract, yeah. as well as Keith. Yeah. Like this guy has a thousand nineteen games played, seven ninety two points. Parise. Damn. Yeah. That's. Wild career, no joke. Ryan Suter, uh, eleven hundred. He has one thousand one hundred and forty-six games. He has ninety goals and five hundred and one assists. For that's yeah, five ninety-one. Thought he had more goals than that, but I guess he's that kind of defensive player. But uh, going back to the standings, so you have Vegas in first, Minnesota in second, St. Louis in third, Colorado in fourth. Uh, Los Angeles in fifth, San Jose in sixth, Anaheim in seventh, Arizona in eighth. I think the only other team that kind of stands out there in a weird spot is Colorado being in fourth. Uh, I don't think so. Mr. McKinnon over there is just telling them, hey, this is what you paid me for. And uh, he's making everybody in that division. But I think that's the thing is that they're low. They've lost two games, which weirds me out. Because I feel so they should be like in a Vegas position because Vegas but is like, sitting on top of the league where they're on top of the the uh, standing with four wins. Right? I feel like yeah, well Vegas is just I guess like I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily like I I, I see Colorado in the top four, but I get what you're saying. Like they should yeah. be at least number two. I thought they'd be higher at this well, point. I know it's still only four it, games. Playing. It's still it's still early, and I I believe they do have some injury issues. Like I know Burakovsky's out. Uh, yeah, and they have this guy Pavel Francouz. So body. a lot of shuffling in the lineup early in the season, especially with no preseason, makes it even more difficult. You have to adjust, readjust to who you're playing with, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So give it, give it time; they'll figure it out. I mean, they have Nathan McKinnon, top five player in the league. So if anything, they're only going up. I don't see them going down. Very true. Um, all right, shifting your gears, uh, still in hockey, but shifting your gears slightly. I just wanted to inform you, uh, both of you and the viewers, that tomorrow, January 23rd, is the start of the uh, National Women's Hockey League. They're playing at, uh, they're doing a bubble at, it's not Lake Placid, no, it is Lake Placid. Lake Placid is a two week tournament. 
Um, and it'll have 24 games. And they will all be streamed on Twitch. Uh, on Twitch. Oh, right. Got yeah. It. So they got all, I think the all the 21 games will be streamed on Twitch. And the last three, if you're in the U.S., will be played on NBC Sports uh, on TV. But for everyone else outside the U.S., it'll just be on uh, Twitch. But yeah, first game is Saturday, January 23rd at 1 p.m. Eastern. And it's Toronto, the new team, Toronto 6 versus the Metropolitan Riveters. Shout out to the 6. Yeah. Uh, And the other thing that I wanted to bring attention to with respect to the women's game, switching from the NWHL to the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association, the PWHPA. Uh, is there, huh? Is there a difference? Yes. Is there a difference between those? <laughs> uh, I'll, we'll get into that in a different thing. That's a whole different topic. Um, but the PWHPA, um, they're setting up their season and they're doing five hub cities, which I thought was really cool. Um, they're doing Toronto, Calgary, Montreal, Tampa Bay and New Hampshire. Um, and they're getting players to all live in those cities and train in those cities and they'll have rosters and they're going to play like a whole tournament style. Um, I think six different tournaments and it adds up to like the season and then they play for a cup and a chance to win some money and stuff because their whole secret partnership, uh, which secret donated a million dollars to them. And yeah, it seems really cool in the in the women's uh, side of the sport. Yeah, can't wait to watch those games. Uh, is there I, do, I haven't been able to find a schedule. If Twitch anybody well? knows where to find a schedule for this, please let me know. Because I haven't been – I found the NWHL schedule. I can't find the PWHPA. Or if that's not been released yet or something, I just can't find it. I'm glad that uh, they were able to figure it out and get uh, get the women back on the ice. It was unfortunate what was going on there for a while with the whole dismantling of the league and uh, the issues going on surrounding the funding and the way it was being distributed at, or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's nice to see that they're able to get back on the ice and help grow the game for the young females out there who uh, are playing who are playing hockey. They have something to look up to, something to aspire to. Uh, not just the Olympics, and then hopefully they can continue to grow it, and then you can start. You can see something equivalent to like the WNBA, where players are making a good livable with good livable wage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Of course, yeah. that's a dream. I know, in the, I know in the past some of these some of these women were only making like ten twenty thousand dollars for a well, six months long so season. The CWHL. The CWHL, they only played their games on weekends because players had full-time jobs. But they also only started getting paid in, like, the last season or the second, like, the two last seasons. Um, That was because of investment from China because they added the Chinese teams. And they only were getting paid. The best player was getting paid $10,000, and everybody else was less. Right? So if you're, like, the Natalie Spooner, you're getting paid $10,000. Right? And then Even though that's just not sustainable. Yeah, probably making more on the absolutely. Yeah, well, and for the even the best players, like they're getting their a lot of their stuff is paid for by like uh, Canadian Olympic Committee or U.S. Olympics or U.S. Hockey Canada Hockey that kind of stuff because they play for those teams. 
so they get money that way. But for a lot of like the lower end players, they're definitely yeah. like say they might be get like a thousand, two thousand dollars from playing hockey and they make more money from their full time job. So yeah, hopefully there's change. Hopefully it comes soon. But best of luck to all the players playing. Uh, we look forward to watching. That about closes it for today. We uh, kind of went on a little bit about hockey for this whole episode, but we will be touching uh, other sports topics, other sports. Um, we definitely want to talk about basketball, about football, about soccer, uh, more hockey as well. Um, going forward, we, of course, will take any tips about what you liked about the show, what you didn't, uh, how we can kind of change this thing. We, of course, have ideas for what we want to do. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening to the first episode of Unknown TO. Social media coming soon. Thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs>